Welcome to Fresh Off The Board. Today, I'm delighted to uh, chat with Shabat Sokti, a student I've known since 2013-14. And, uh, and then he went to University of Virginia at Charlottesville in New York, in, in the US, in Virginia, and uh, uh, studied computer science. He is working in Charlotte. It's a company that we'll get to know more about. And uh, so the first question to you, Shabad, is how was it like settling in at uh, UVA? I think for me, settling in wasn't first. I, I think I would start with first semester was not the easiest. And academically also, you know, I had a little bit of a rough patch first semester, not knowing what I was into. Um, one thing that I personally thought UVA could have done better, especially for international students, was the orientation. Um, like going in, I had no idea what credits were. I had no clue what classes to take. Um, I still remember walking into one of the big halls and they just handed out me a form. And I just randomly had to take a bunch of classes that I wanted to take without any context of what those classes would be. Um, so that, so I just feel, you know, they could have set me up better for success. Um, but at the same time, um, after that, um, you know, there were also a bunch of resources that I had access to, um, which I did use. Um, to understand what classes I should take, which professors I should take classes with. Um, but um, after the first semester, things definitely get easier and it is a lot of fun. Um, I started, to, I was in the e-school, I started computer science, I, started, I studied computer science in the engineering school. Um, I, so how was it like to sort of make those decisions early on? Was it uh, tough to seek advising and plan your week, choose your classes? Early on, definitely was much, much harder, um, I think. And all the other students from India that went with me, none of them was in the engineering school and it was only me. So that was kind of hard to, you know, figure out. I had to, I was basically just felt like I was alone. And um, so eventually I had to, you know, kind of get out of my comfort zone, find people who I could, you know, reach out to and ask questions, figure figure stuff out. I reached out to a few. I I got, uh, I think my best friends eventually there were other international students, people from Turkey, people from France, basically people all around, all around the world who were in the same boat as I was being an international student. So they understood what it felt like. Um, so eventually I think, you know, it's it's all about finding your own fit at the university. Um, but after the first year, I was lucky. I was able to, you know, get myself involved in a few entrepreneurial clubs. Um, I also started a startup, which um, I no longer am pursuing. But um, because of that, I got to um, know a lot, many more people at UVA. I got to interface with professors from the Darden Business School. And I've, I'm lucky to, you know, have formed relationships with um, a lot of professors from um, the Graduate Business School at UVA. That's interesting because, you know, you see that link with uh, computer science students uh, wanting to start the next big startup. Yep. Uh, and it's obviously the fact that University of Virginia, leafy, suburban, beautiful uh, campus compares to, say, a New York hub of a New York university setting or the mecca of startups like a Berkeley or the Bay Area or Stanford. Yep. Uh, what, is, what is the scene there? in entrepreneurship sure. of course I would Darden definitely, is a great school, but. is a great school um, and also you know it being a college town um, it definitely does help there's a 
entrepreneurship clubs, people pursuing startups, it's definitely, you know, it's, in, it's, it's become much, much better at UVA. In fact, um, like two of my friends just got into YC last year, which was a big deal for them. And it just, it just goes on to show how UVA is, um, you know, helping students from not just the e-school, but um, people from the McIntyre School of Commerce, people from the Batten School of Public Policy, from the engineering school, everyone, all the disciplines coming together to work on different ideas, newer concepts. Um, but one thing that I did notice was there are a lot of startups at UVA specializing in biomedical engineering. That's a big, big field. And I don't know, it was just, I don't know if it was just me, but I did see a theme of biomedical engineering startups at UVA. There were, there was a bunch of them. And yeah, um, I think I the think other advantage also, the other advantage was also being um, right where Darden is. Um, so there was, I took a few classes at Darden actually. One of the classes that I took was, um, I wouldn't really call it a class because it was more of a discussion based class, um, but essentially what the class was, um, founders joined the class in teams and um, you meet every week for two and a half hours and you just discuss problems. So it was basically a very big mastermind group and you were taking the class with class. You were taking the class. I was taking the class with um, other graduate students from Darden, which also gave me, you know, it gives you a lot more insight because people in the graduate school, you know, they're usually around 25, 27. They've had some industry experience. Um, so just getting, getting to understand their perspective was a great experience. And they also benefited from us because being in the e-school, we were the techie guys and we could help them, you know, figure out um, figure out technical solutions to problems which they never had seen. Great. So being a techie, uh, did you go in thinking that's what you want to study? Did you declare your major pretty much in the application? Um, if, if, I, if I remember correctly, I, I think I applied for economics. Um, but um, before actually getting to UVA, I, I think I declared my, I changed my major to computer science engineering school. Okay, and then uh, what was that decision hinged on and how did you realize that you could be good at this? Yeah, so I've been coding since I would say I was maybe 12 or 13, but not really coding, basically web dev stuff. And I always saw it as a hobby and not really, you know, as a profession. And I never, I don't, I just never thought about, you know, that I, I could do this for a living. Um, and then one day I, my mom's like, Shabad, I think you should do computer science. You know, you enjoy it so much. You love being around computers. Um, I was like, and you know, it, it just hit me. It made total sense. Why would I do something else if, if I'm so if if I enjoy being around computers so much, I enjoy coding, I enjoy programming, and so that was I would say that was that was the turning point for me that I decided I'm not going to do economics and going to do um, computer science. But how was it like the rigor of the CS program? Also, it's very competitive to get in. Was it uh, hard to get in? Uh, get in in UVA or get in in the East school? Like, yeah, UVA from no, I, to. Uh, I, to, not to UVA, but to the e-school and do switch majors. I actually did not have a lot of problems switching to computer science. Um, I don't know what the actual process is like, but um, I remember I did call up the admissions people at UVA and I told them that this is my problem and this is what I'd like to do. Um, and they were happy to change my major. So I did not have to 
you know, take any placement tests or anything like that. So it was a pretty straightforward process for me to be able to switch yeah, majors. It's very good to uh, hear this because there are so many schools which have capped majors for computer yeah. science. Um, and in the West um, even UVA in the last few years when I was there, the, their computer science program has been is is been expanding at an incredible rate. And they've also now, you know, spent a lot of money setting up the new data science school, which um, I don't know what the status on that is, but it seems like, you know, it could, mm -hmm. um, it could benefit UVA a lot. So many students are still confused about different tracks in computer science and what a computer science student actually does uh, study uh, and how much of it is applicable, say, in the job that you're doing now. Uh, so I know it's like three questions, not just one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could be um, the web dev, app dev route, the AI, ML route, and yeah, now so even AR, one VR, thing, and all kinds of things. So at UVA, unfortunately, or fortunately, we did not have tracks defined. Um, but you could pursue computer science in two ways. One is you could do computer science at the College of Arts and Sciences. Um, and the second being you could do computer science being in the engineering school. Um, being in the engineering school, you would um, have to do all the engineering requirements, and that's what I did. Um, being in the arts and sciences school, you have a lot more freedom to take other electives, being, you know, other electives from the Batten school, from Ed McIntyre. It's, it's, it's not because it's, because it's not an engineering, engineering degree. You don't have to do physics. You don't have to do chemistry. You don't have to do a bunch of math. Um, but I, I went for the engineering route. Um, I definitely had some difficulty in the beginning with a few engineering courses, um, chemistry being one of them, but, um, it definitely became easier for me after the first two years, um, which I've heard that third year is supposed to be the hardest, but I think by the time I hit third year, I knew what I was, what I was supposed to do and how the system really worked. Um, so it was much easier for me to kind of settle in um at uva in my third year and I, I would say that's when that's probably when i peaked at uva um but um it was it was it was not it was not it was not easy by any means but at the same time um i would say the faculty is 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 pretty good at teaching what they te it, it, teaching in a way that you understand um but when you say that how relevant it is to my job I would say it's not it's not that relevant, and there could have been other courses that would have made it much more relevant to what I'm doing in in the industry. Um, for example, so what, what classes, exactly are you doing now? Yeah, and yeah. So I'm how is yeah, it so, connected? Yeah, yeah. So I'm working for a tech consultancy company. Um, it's called Level. It's based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, so basically, what Level does it. Um, so Level does basically digital transformation for companies. So we our our tagline or our um, our slogan is basically um, we level the playing field. So uh, level base works a lot with banks um, in Charlotte and other parts of the world. Um, so for example, a bank would come to us. They're like, you know, they'd be like, we need a technical overhaul. We a lot of the other banks are, you know, they have mobile apps, they have online banking, they have these X features. We don't know how to compete. Um, so Level goes in, um, Level does a strategy analysis for a few months, figures out that, okay, this is what we can do, builds out a plan, and then comes the implementation phase. Phase That's where I come in. Um, so we go in, um, we define requirements, and then we say, eventually build out the product for them. Right. So uh, <clears throat> it's uh, when you say that 
we wish you could have learned a few things, uh, what would those be in the computer science program, which could have helped you in this job or even what you know of the industry? Um, so in retrospect, I would say there was, there would, so you'd never really learn how to function as a team in college. Um, you know, today, most companies are following this agile principle of working where you have scrum teams, scrum agile teams defined. Um, and in fact, a lot of us had never worked in a scrum team. We had no idea what we were getting into. Um, we had no idea. We had no idea how do you get the requirements from clients? How do you, um, and even once you have requirements, right? We had no idea how to actually write production ready code. I was never taught that, how to write production ready code, how to deploy applications. I was taught a lot of theory about how things would work. But I would never. I was never taught how do you actually build all these applications. Um, for example, I think one of the web one. I, I took a web dev class at UVA um, just to see what it was, what it would be like. But whatever I learned was super outdated. Um, I wouldn't put UVA at fault here because um, something like web dev it's evolving so fast. You wake up every day. There's like five new technologies, and you have to keep learning, keep keep evolving, and keep um, you know practicing all these newer technologies. So it's really hard for a university to, you know, keep updating their course every few months. It's, it's basically impossible. Um, so they do, UVA did a decent job teaching you with the fundamentals, which could be applied to all these different technologies. But at the same time, what really helped me was, um, you know, doing a bunch of side projects, um, getting some certifications on the side, um, just, keep reading about newer and newer technologies and just keep, basically I kept upskilling. I think that was what really helped me in getting a job and, um, and performing. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Super. I, but I like the word agile and it's, you know, there are books written on this, yeah. <laughs> all kinds of things. So what kind of training did you get uh, when you sort of moved into workforce and had to now, especially with distributed work team members yeah. and, under lockdown or sheltered in place. How does it work? What is the concept of Agile? Um, so Agile is nothing. You basically work um, in sprints. And the goal of each sprint is that after a sprint, you um, you basically have a shippable product. Um, so you have a PM, a project manager on board, who basically runs uh, runs the team and does all the agile ceremonies. So in agile, you also have a bunch of ceremonies. You have you have grooming, you have planning. Um, these are basically when um, you uh, you basically build tickets from the requirements that you have gathered. So one ticket could be um, build a search feature for filtering for this app, right? Um, and then you estimate it. You say, okay, this ticket is gonna is 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 a five pointer ticket. Um, when I say a five-pointer ticket, a five-pointer ticket doesn't really mean it's going to take five days or seven days. Um, that's so. So each that's based on how long the sprint would be. So a sprint could be anywhere from one day to four weeks, um, and that that usually depends on the length of the project, the size of the team, and what people are you comfortable with working on. Um, but and then you have other ceremonies like um, retrospective, where the entire team gets together on a board and they basically talk about what went wrong this sprint. What could we have done better? Um, you know, what what went well for us? What do we need to change going going into the next sprint? Um, so it just kind of helps the team. And 
also I forgot the the main part of it is you have a stand up meeting every day, every morning. Um, so for my team, we meet every morning at nine thirty a.m. We meet for just fifteen minutes. It's um, you don't talk about anything else, but um, just a quick update on what what you did, what's your plan for today, and do you have any blockers? Um, so if you have any blockers, the project manager steps in and helps you figure out how to resolve the blockers. Fantastic. That's a great summary. Uh, in fact, this will be very useful for high schools as well because it's kind of online. And Absolutely. Uh, and not just high schools, any any kind of education setup. Do you see changes uh, in UVA uh, with this lockdown announcement? And uh, what do you think of the COVID era education and higher education plans? <laughs> I think it's, it's in for a big, you know, um, change and I would say it was coming. It was, I think the lockdown just kind of forced it and now it's, it's just going to happen at a, it, the lockdown basically acted as a catalyst, um, to kind of change the way education works. Um, I, I honestly don't know how it's going to change, but, um, it's definitely, you know, it has to move online, but at the same time, I'm not a fan of remote education because coming to the US, it was not just for, you know, education. It was, it was for the culture. It was for understanding how things work here, getting the experience of um, studying in an international American college and getting to be friends with people from all over the world, understanding their cultures, making, making so many, you know, friends from different places all around the world. I mean, today I go to Europe, I have five friends there. I can just call up and crash it there. As I go to Latin America, I have a bunch of friends there. So it's, it's, I don't know how you would, um, you know, get the same culture um, and, you know, the social life if everything goes online or remote. But at the same time, online classes do have a benefit that, you know, you could watch them at your own pace. And it would be, it's more on demand compared to, you know, you have to be in the lecture hall by 8 a.m. every morning. Great. So I'm going to switch gears and talk about uh, get answers from you in kind of rapid fire succession. If you were to uh, list three influencers, could be mentors you know, could be people you follow, or authors, and you know even entrepreneurs and so on and so forth. Who would be the three? <laughs> wow, um, I would say the first one is definitely Satya Nadella. I've been I've been really inspired by his work that he's done at Microsoft. I have not read his book. I'm I'm actually starting to read his book now. It's called Hit Refresh, and it's basically about how we transformed the work culture around Microsoft um, after after Steve Ballmer exited and he became CEO. Um, so Steve, uh, all right. Um, the second would be probably I don't want to name all tech people. That's just. Um, it wow, you stumped me with that one. <laughs> even tech or even people you follow, like a YouTube channel or anything, could be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first one is definitely Satya Nadella. The second one, wow, is probably my mentor at UVA, um, my advisor. He, he was actually on the advisor, advisory board for my startups there. Um, his name was Damon DeVito. Um, so he was, he was the one that taught me that class at Darden. And I'm st I'm still in touch with him. I call him up a few, uh, at least once a month. Um, but what he really taught me is how do you su successfully set up a business with how do you bootstrap a business from you know with almost nothing, and how do you basically go from zero to one? 
Okay, so then Peter Thiel too, maybe. <laughs> Peter Thiel too, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that is a fantastic book. Controversial, um, but yes. Uh, controversial, but fantastic. It was, it was a good book. Um, and Super, I would so I say we, we can always even right. the third one in your answer, right, or yeah. if you have something ready, you're very good. If it, if I if I think about someone, I'll, I'll... sure, sure, sure. So if you were to uh, describe three strengths, Shab. Shabad Sopi brings uh, not to work but in life in general, and the way you are you are as a person, or you know your skills, strengths, even vulnerabilities in terms of being yeah. a human. <laughs> you really love the number three, three, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say the first thing that I really enjoy is learning. I think that's one of my biggest strengths. Um, learn, and I just try to you know be. um keep upskilling myself in newer things and because of that i'm able to grasp um newer frameworks newer technologies um for example my company um you know just put me on a completely new project i had no idea what uh, what the tech stack was but i was able to figure out how to use the tech stack and how to how to you know build an application successfully using that particular tech stack um so yeah i would say learning the ability to grasp something really quick um and third being <laughs> um the third would probably be my weakness which might lean toward which might which is probably me leaning towards being overconfident um you know it sometimes it sometimes it just shows me like for example seeing senior engineers seeing senior consultants at my company right i going into work i, I you know i i was like i'm i'm joining as an associate i should probably join as a senior consultant but going in there talking to the senior consultants you realize that wow there's so much more to learn right now super so what is this overconfidence and shabad planning next do you have a sort of a goal in mind uh, either grad school or that's a very <laughs> that's a very good question <laughs> um so i haven't really thought about that yet um i've been working for about what 10 months now i started in july so yeah somewhere around 10 months <laughs> um but i i i would say i would do want to work for another 2 or 3 years um figure out how figure out what i would really want to do and also how the world changes see what changes the virus you know the lockdown brings and then maybe go from there mm-hmm. now we go back to uh, your high school years i know when you moved to sri ram school and the ib and the new environment there was always this anxiety i could see that you know settling in the curriculum not grappling with everything that's being taught or the way it's being taught what message would you have for high school students who are like struggling to sort of grapple with all the pressures of making a mark in a new place and also then settling in with their academics which is say different from what they've been doing and then also the whole college application and the pressure which the yourself sort of induced competition and all of that so what it's awkward years it's stressful what yeah. message would you have for <laughs> school kids i would say just i would say just keep going i mean things are hard that i mean the sats all of that is just it's it's a really painful process um but i would say just something that you know you have to do um because something like the sats right i personally believe it really doesn't go on to show iq or anything like that it's a totally hackable process it's a learnable process um it's 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 something you can learn how to crack it's something you can learn how to how to get a good score in the sats it doesn't really show where you really stand 
Um, so, you know, if I, I really struggled with the SATs, I remember it was, it was, it was a really painful process for me, but, um, you know, I, I just didn't let myself get bogged down by, you know, by certain failures and while taking the SATs, for example, um, because I just, you know, at the end of the day, in retrospect, I can say that I, I realized that, you know, it really doesn't, it's, as I said, it's a totally hackable process, doesn't really mean anything. Um, but it's just something you have to do at the end of the day. And same, I just took my GREs, the same goes for the GREs or anything like that. Um, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Anything else? Um, also Any about message for that. <laughs> um, also about things like settling in. I mean, for me, it was definitely a hard process going from, you know, CBSE to IB and more so from a school, um, that I had been at for, you know, for like 12 years and then switching gears to a completely new school, completely new friend group. Um, that was not the easiest of the things, but um, it also did give me, it gave me a lot more. It, it, I would say it expanded my horizons quite a lot because I got to meet so many more new people, um, a completely different way of teaching. Um, I didn't agree with a lot of things back then, but in retrospect, it, it, most of the things that um, the ID taught me did make sense. Great. So finally, I think uh, uh, the students who are who've just graduated from college, uh, what do you think uh, if you have some message for them in terms of learning from situations which are out of your control, dealing with uncertainty? And if you have anecdotes from your life, if you had you know situations, maybe you know starting and then uh, shutting down the startup or whatever. I mean, I don't know. What yeah, I mean, you absolutely. I think there is. I, I, I think there's a point in life. I mean, there's a point when you graduate um, and when you're about to graduate, you know, I, I definitely hit this stage where I would, I was just extremely uncertain about what I want to do next. I didn't know whether I wanted to go to grad school, whether I wanted to get into the industry. Um, I took my GREs, um, but I just didn't want to apply to grad school. And then suddenly I had an offer come up from this, uh, from level. I didn't even recruit because I, back of my head, I was like, okay, I was going to go to grad school. Um, but suddenly this opportunity came up on the table and I went in, I did my interview and it turned out I really liked the company. Um, so I, so it was, I would say, uh, I, I would say uh, uncertainty in a way, learn how, learn, learn how to be excited by uncertainty because it's in a way it's, it's kind of fun. It's adventurous. It's, it's exciting not knowing what the next page will be. Um, but at the same time, you know, don't let, don't let, don't let it bother you. Um, I would say keep working, keep upskilling. I would say that's, you know, even right now with whatever's going on, I would definitely say keep upskilling. In fact, one of my um, friends messaged me the other day, he lost his um, internship because of the pandemic. And I think he had an internship at EVA or something like that. Um, and he's like, I don't know what to do now. I'm a sophomore. Um, you know, I'm about to graduate next year. I don't, I need a job. And this was my way to get a job in the, in, in the U S. Um, so I, my, my advice to people in that, in that boat would be just upskill, maybe get a few certifications, um, try to get, um, you know, try to get some more side projects in your GitHub. Um, because now that I'm in the industry, when I'm hiring people, I don't look at their GPAs. I don't look at um, what, I don't look at, um, I, I basically pay a lot 
of attention to their side projects um to you know that the way they code um their their coding the coding practices they follow um the certifications they have it basically it it goes on to show how it goes on to show if the student went out of their way to learn something new and upskill themselves that's great yeah i think with that uh, we'd like to thank you shabad uh, uh, for this uh, fascinating chat and sharing uh, so many aspects of your life i'm sure viewers listeners would uh, would have questions and i'll send them your way uh, absolutely looking forward to following uh, your life in the future thank you thank you so much arjun